Welcome to Walking Backwards. I'm Brad Gromet. This week's guest is Steadicam operator Josh Harrison. Josh and I have been friends for a long time, and he was actually the very first guest on this show. Uh, he had kind of a short episode, so I thought I'd bring him back, and uh, we could get a little deeper, do a little more time. So I hope you enjoy it. Thank you to Tiffin Steadicam for their sponsorship. I really appreciate it. And actually, Josh talked about his Volt, which is uh, he's had for a little while now and really likes, so that's kind of cool. Um, they're also doing a thing called the SteadyMate S. Um, they're taking orders right now at Tiffin.com for an expected delivery of the end of August. So if you're interested in the SteadyMate S, check it out. I'd also like to thank Walter Clausen FX for their great products and for their support. And if you'd like to support my show, you can do so at patreon.com slash walking backwards. Uh, you can hear the best day, worst day segment that Josh did there. Just sign up and you'll have it. Check me out on Instagram at the number one giant robot. And you can always email me at walkingbackwardspodcast at gmail.com. All right. Enjoy. Here's Josh Harrison. Okay, Josh, now I'm recording, so you, we can we can stop saying, hey, we should be, be recording. This. Hey, we should really rec- record this, right? <laughs> okay, what were you saying? You were, we were talking about the Volt, because you have a Volt. Yeah, uh, we just jump right into it, okay. Uh, yeah, we're, I, we're talking. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> uh, hi, I'm Josh. Um, so, yeah, I, I recently got the Volt at the end of Strange Angel, and uh, it's, I'm, I had, still have a GPI Pro rig, so I ended up getting there volt that fits onto the one and a half inch post right and uh did you get their gimbal yes okay uh you can modify your gimbal right you could if you had a pro gimbal which i don't i have the xcs gimbal got it got Um, it so uh it was just easier to buy their gimbal their gimbals works great and it works really good with the with the volt so right pretty pretty darn happy with it i'm actually finding uh interestingly enough that as light of a touch as you wanted with your, the old way of doing it, which was to, you know, the roll and everything was all you. Uh, it's even lighter now because you don't have to right. adjust for the roll. So it's really nice because you can almost completely, in fact, I have several times completed a shot and taken my hand completely off the gimbal right. and just had my hand on the yoke part. So. Yeah. That's, uh, who was it saying? Is it Jeff Haley? Somebody saying, you know, what we really w- would like is to not have our hand on the thing at all. You right. Know? <laughs> and you almost don't have to anymore. Right. Because uh, roll is, you know, roll and tilt are compensated for. Right. And uh, it, it's uh, it's actually a pretty amazing device. And they've done, um, you know, wonders making it happen. Cool. Well, I'm glad you like it, man. I know you were encouraging me to get one. Yeah, or at least try it out. I mean, try mine out if you want. I've tried a couple. What I want to, maybe, I'd love to, I want to try it on set, you know? That's the thing. I want to try it when I'm actually doing real shots. You have to. Um, Right. So, I mean, I've tried it at Cinegear and I've tried it at NAB and, you know, or whatever. Yeah. I mean, just throwing it up at at a random place and then trying it out only gives you part of the idea of yeah you don't get like real world conditions nope right and you're not setting up a shot and arcing around an actor i mean you could arc around some random person but your your precision uh shot making isn't happening in those kind of conditions right if that makes sense 
No, it makes part. No, I I agreed. So that's why I'm saying like, you know, um, yeah, I had to do. You never take a day off. I was going to say I'll come cover you for a day and use your rig, but no, I try not to. You don't take days off. So um, I had one of the first shots I used the Volt for was actually an interesting scenario. I was uh, uh, going through. I was on Strange Angel for on CBS, and uh, we were going through a doorway, and I had to do an over the shoulder as I'm going through the doorway that arcs around so it's one of those things where you're pushing the, the sled out in front of you uh-huh. and then immediately back panning over the guy's shoulder so it's in a it's, it's mm-hmm. in a position where you're normally not there right right right, right. and so the the several things that occur th- th- through your brain as you're doing the shot is you're like how's my frame am i going to hit the doorway and then eventually somewhere down the list is how's you know the horizon looking uh-huh. and i was just absolutely astounded that uh i didn't worry about horizon one single right. second it was like it was like your, your frame you're like am i going to hit the doorway as i'm going through and then as you're snaking and holding this awesome over the shoulder shot and you're like oh horizon's great yeah that's a nice thing yeah that's a nice thing you mentioned strange angel actually i forgot hang on one sec we'll we're still we're still recording just give me one second I oh this is going to be great no I, he's leaving the building i think he's i think he's going outside <laughs> Did you, I hope I can find did you run out of beer? Hang on. For your for our viewers that are listening, he's he's actually gone and he's getting beer. Oh, here's a book. I was kidding. He's he's still here. Oh <laughs> uh, yes, I was this getting is the, a. I was, this is the book that the show is based on. Yeah. It's, um, um, the 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 title is. Would read the title. The title is Strange Angel: The Otherworldly Life of Rocket Scientist John Whiteside, Whiteside Parsons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I read that book years ago. Actually, my friend Susan um, referred that to me. And we've been talking for years about how how could you make that into a movie? Maybe it could be, like, you know? Yeah. And it about, begs to be made as something. Right. And two year, And the book is old. I don't know what year. Um, I haven't looked at it to see. But um, it's not a new book. Um, but, I, but I said to Susan or somebody the last time I... Uh, Oh, 2005. Okay. Um, the last time I I was talking to her about it, I said, you know, this should be a TV show. And then months later, I saw some ad for it. <laughs> and I'm like, shit, somebody beat us to it. <laughs> somebody made it. Yeah, you know, any any good idea somebody else is having. It's, it's, it's too salacious and crazy. And crazy yeah. uh, to not be made. And uh, I, I'm super actually honored to be part of it um, this year as the uh, a, a Steadicam operator. Uh, we had an absolute blast making it. Well, you, well, you did season two, no? Correct. Okay. I didn't do season one. Who did uh, season one, do you know? I, I do not, actually. Mm. There, there was an entire change in camera department mm. um, and Grip Electric, I believe. Wow. Um, because I don't know if the DP was unavailable or uh, if or if they just made a change. I think it was actually an unavailable issue. Yeah, okay. And uh, so uh, Armando Salas came on, who is an amazing d- director of photography, and he asked me to come along. And uh, we cool. had we had a absolute blast making some really crazy television. Lots <laughs> of, especially the first two episodes, we had Ben Waitley directing, and uh, we had a lot of wonders, a lot of interesting. Oh, really? Yeah. What has he done before? I don't know. Him. Ben Wheatley's uh, English director, so he, he's not. 
part of the TV scene in LA at all. Mm-hmm. But uh, you'd have to look him up. But he's done a bunch. In fact, right now he's working on a remake of Rebecca. Okay. And he's a very interesting, very uh, fun to work with director. And we actually had an, uh, an amazing relationship with the uh, me, director of photography, Armando, and, and Ben. And just got together and came up with some crazy fun shots. Uh, and, uh, you know, Armando is really great at coming up with these interesting oneers where we could get like five people in a scene, but find the coverage on all of them as the, as the camera moves and we just find each one. Right. And I'm not saying that everything was a oneer, uh, but, uh, when, when possible we were able to, uh, consolidate shots and make it cool and keep the camera moving and keep it very interesting. That's fun. Yeah, it really was. Uh, it was challenging. Um, we had probably, uh, three out of the five days or two out of the five days would be techno crane. And then we had, uh, wait five day episodes no sorry uh, of our week we it was like oh. uh nine day episodes okay it's like um, <clears throat> but we'd have like techno crane at least two or three days a week right we'd have uh uh you know like we did a descender shot in the, oh, cool. the bradbury building where we, we went down through those staircases as as people were walking we did there was a staircase where you can just send it all the way down in the middle of it and just kind of follow them all the way down cool so you put like a little head on there. Yeah, on the it was a flight head. Flight head. And uh, a stabilized flight head and just kind of, you know, followed them all the way down and around. Cool. Yeah. That's neat. Well, I, it's funny because when I first saw the um, the ads for it, I was actually really mad. Not Not because, partially because, damn it, it was a good idea. You know what I mean? But then also because I saw CBS and it was the it was maybe CBS All Access's first show, right? Or one of the first shows. It was definitely one of their first shows. So I was I didn't know anything about CBS All Access, and I'm correct. They swear and stuff, right? Yep. It's like HBO. Yeah. I mean, maybe I don't know. I'm just saying, like they don't have any restrictions. I thought they did. I thought it was essentially CBS. <laughs> and I'm like, you can't fucking make Strange Angel. It would be on CBS. It would be very hard to make the show. Uh, well, it's just not as with the net, network parameters that uh, it just can't be as true, right? It, they've got to nix all this stuff, like the crazy stuff with uh, um, L. Ron Hubbard and his wife, and yep, yep, all that craziness. L. L. Ron Hubbard stole this guy's wife, uh huh, and ran off to Florida. Spoiler alert! In case you haven't seen the show, <laughs> well, that's a that's a fact He's, of history. No, I mean, it's a fact of history. I he stole all his money. And his wife. Yeah. I forgot about the money. Yeah, yeah. He stole all his money and his wife and left and went to Florida and bought a boat, which became, I think, the big Scientology boat. Yep. And uh, <laughs> which we don't really cover in season two. Um, Was that season one? No. Uh, I believe it'll be season three. Oh, okay. When we get into that. Boat trips. Um, oh, no, I, I, I'm just talking about the L. Ron Hubbard side story. Oh, okay. Um, it is kind of towards the, my, maybe the the last third of the book or something yeah for the viewers uh jack parsons was a early rocket scientist uh in the late 30s and into the 40s who was into some interesting things including the occult and uh well i mean okay if we're talking about it let's talk about it because he started i don't think he finished middle school 
much less high school. Or I don't maybe, know much about his childhood because we didn't. We, we don't almost no him. education. Did yeah. not go to college. Correct. Worked. Worked in like a rock sorting facility. I can't remember. Exactly. It was like something the right. most mundane shit you've ever heard of. And on the side, he was into rockets and stuff. Right. Which was almost an unheard of thing at the time, obviously. It was so brand new, but right. there were these little clubs, and, and there was one that 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 existed near um, um, that Pasadena school, the um, that really high-end school that JPL's by. But anyway, he used to hang around there, and some, some of the people, and I think prof- blah, 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 and long story short, he got hired by the university because <laughs> right. he was such an expert, and then he and a couple other people started JPL. Correct. And and um, I think their first uh, product were little rockets that went on... Jados. Jados, is that what you... Yeah, Jet Assisted uh, Takeoff, I think. J- J-A-T-O, I believe. They were. Right, for jets taking off at aircraft It was actually carriers. not for jets. It was for... Because there weren't jets at the time. Okay, for planes. Sorry. It was for airplanes, but it was like... Obviously, little, they're putting jets. They wouldn't be yeah. putting jets on a jet No, they're, but yeah, they're, little, they're little tiny rockets, if you will, that right. they put on the wings. Right. That uh, as they were about to take off, they'd fire them so they get extra thrust and be able to take off of super short runways and stuff like short that. Short runways and, I think, aircraft carriers, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was their invention, but which was kind of a side product of what Jack actually wanted to do. He really wanted to go to the moon. Right. He he wanted to do rockets to go to outer space. He didn't care about anything that had to do with uh, wartime. Right. Or with uh, or with airplanes. And if I remember correctly, it's been a while since I read this book. He wasn't conflicted about it either. <laughs> Like some people developing this stuff, they're very conflicted about the uses it might. Right. I don't think he was. No, I mean, uh, again, the part that I know about him is the is the fictionalized side of him because uh, I I don't I haven't actually read the book. Oh, okay. I, I, I just, if you don't mind, I'd like to borrow it. Yeah, sure. Um, I know you're a big reader. That's why I even yeah. thought of the book because you read so much. I do. I do. Actually, read a lot. it'll be weird for you to read a real book. <laughs> You're a Kindle guy. Right? I'm a Kindle guy, but I've read real books in the last couple of years too. Oh, you have? Okay. Oh, yeah. All right, fair enough. Um, I haven't been doing much at all, which I'm, I'm really mad at myself for. Yeah. Because I, I enjoy it. Yeah, you I love reading. You have to kind of be in the habit of reading. Yeah, or just you know, it's a time based. You thing. have to take time to yeah. do it. That's yep. what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, but no. Um, and then so there was that going on, and but he was kind of a pretty bad businessman. If, if well, he, he didn't. He didn't care about the business side, he right? Didn't. Which makes him a bad business. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, he was he was a he was almost an idiot savant in a way. He he knew uh, chemicals. His big thing was chemistry yeah. and, and 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 figuring out what made things go kaboom. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was really good at the you know the the aerodynamics, I guess, of the rockets. He figured all, a lot of that stuff out. But yeah, um, he managed to. Uh, parlay that into like almost no education coming, oh, yeah. coming from nowhere into well, he's uh, a genius yeah i mean obviously uh he, he super super smart anyway i don't know yeah, if he's no. cla- you know classified a genius or whatever but but super smart guy yeah and um and because of the time he grew up in and what his interests were, it was perfect for him. You know, he, he yeah. was, he's like Bill Gates with computers, right. except in, you know, right what place, I mean? right time, had, had the right kind of right. motivation and the right OCD about it. Right. Like and, the unwillingness to give up on trying it. And the military was super interested in him because, well, we didn't have a rocket program at the time. We were, uh, and Germany did. Oh yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Their V2 <clears throat> rockets were scary. 
Right. And uh, so they wanted to combat it. Only they didn't know, the, the military didn't know what they were getting to bed with, which was uh, kind of a crazy dude with uh, some crazy well, his, lifestyle choices. his personal life was, <laughs> yeah, he was into the occult. Yep. He at one point, I think, joined the Communist Party. Um, or he went to meetings. Maybe. I, they may that, have left that, it that, out. That, that wasn't included. I'm pretty, in pretty sure. Um, there was some weird stuff about that. And then he got into magic with a K. Mm-hmm. Um, which I forget the writer, but he was also super into sci-fi writing. Sure, uh, uh, which is how probably L. Ron Hubbard and right because L. Ron Hubbard used to churn that. Sure, crap but, uh, out. Do you know about his? You know who Aleister Crowley is, right? Yes, I, and he knew Aleister Crowley. Yeah, well, he was a disciple of his, right? And so uh, he was. That's where the occult stuff came into this. You know, strange ideas that. Uh, very bizarre world. Yeah, I know. I, it, well, the Aleister Crowley thing, they all, he was like, he was their, he was their money guy, I think, for a while. Uh, okay, maybe. But no. he came and met with all them in Pasadena. They all lived in a house. In, right. So, so, um, uh, Jack Whiteside, Jack Parsons, whatever, he lived in a house with L. Ron Hubbard. Uh, actually, I don't know if L. Ron Hubbard ever lived there, but he spent a lot of time there because that's where they did all their ceremonies and right. weird shit. Yeah. And I, don't know have... I don't know what's called in, in real life because, again, I only know mostly yeah, yeah, the yeah. fictionalized. Yeah, but obviously they've stuck to it because you, you you seem to know. A yeah, they do. Uh, yeah. I believe uh, uh, Dave and Mark, the, uh, or uh, Mark's the creator, who is uh, an amazing dude. We He actually directed an episode this year, and it was amazing. Um, What's his last name? Mark Heyman. Oh, okay. Uh, he uh, is the show creator and uh, one of the main, you know, main executive producers. And uh, he spends a lot of, they spend a lot of time making sure, I think, making sure that everything's historically accurate as, right. much, as much as possible. Well, this book is so detailed uh-huh. that I'm sure it's, in some ways, it's like a Bible for them as far as like... Yeah. accuracy you yeah. know and then i'm sure there's plenty of other info on him out in the world yeah. I, i've never looked him up on like wikipedia but i bet there's a lot of stuff but um there's but, actually a good uh drunk history of parsons uh too for i think i saw it <laughs> i think i well that show's funny, but they can't get into any. It's ten minutes or whatever, no, you know. They or didn't, eight minutes. Uh, they didn't dive too deeply, obviously, no. but it was still pretty funny. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I'm pretty sure I saw it because I I tend to watch that show. But um, yeah. Anyway, I'm jealous of you for doing. It. Are you, are they doing another season? Um, excuse me. Yeah, uh, they really hope to. Uh, I mean, yeah, well. I think they're just waiting for CBS to uh, say yay or nay. Um. I hope they do because it was an absolute pleasure working with him. And uh, we actually, like I said, we got to do some stuff that yeah, we I don't normally get the opportunity to do as many difficult shots. I mean, every day was a difficult, challenging shot. Every day was uh, really? like, how are, how are you going to pull this one off, you know? And I had an amazing dolly grip, an amazing camera assistant, uh, Neil Chartier, uh, dolly grip, Danny Matson. Uh, they were all the whole team was just brought their a game it was, it was a real pleasure cool um what when you say you did challenging shots every day was it physically challenging or just mentally challenging because the, the difficulty mostly like, were you doing five minute oneers constantly yeah or? exactly mostly mentally challenging we would do shots 
In fact, uh, I, this is the first show where I we I carried a remote head uh, every day, and uh, we would do shots where we would just put. Sometimes I would just like punt to the remote head, put it on the dolly, and then we would just um, go nuts moving that camera around. And I would just sit back, and we would like, okay, I want to be here, 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 and we'd set up this three minute thing where it would be. Uh, swinging around the room and moving constantly dance floor what's that dance floor uh well actually what mostly we a lot of dance floor but uh i learned pretty quickly that we could put a vibration isolator on with that remote oh, head, yeah, okay. and it would kind of take out almost everything right right right, right. so so know, you can roll anywhere yeah we yeah. ended up saving a lot of time by putting the vi on with the remote head right and, uh just i mean same same thing what yeah. i meant was your your dolly grips freewheeling around yeah you know? yeah he was freewheeling around we would and he and i would just confer with the dp and we're like where do you want to be how do you want to be and then we would just sit there and uh scratch our heads trying to figure out how we could do all this mm-hmm. and then uh we would flail miserably for at least 10 15 minutes and then we would start finding a groove of where the camera needed to be and how it needed to go and right it was it was a very challenging because every shot it seemed, it seemed like uh, very few shots were like just the the talking head shot. Right. It was always moving, always doing something interesting. Yeah. So you didn't end up doing a lot of over over kind of work. No, in fact, uh, for the first time I think in a long time, we favored almost no overs. Mm. Uh, our singles were clean and. Uh, Oh really? Yeah, it was very. Uh, huh. it, it, I, in a weird way, uh, the the challenge was also kind of throwing out some of the stuff of what I would have expected to do, right? And doing something different, and everything was. That's nice. Yeah, it really was. Like I, it was, it was a real pleasure uh, coming up with something creative that was outside of my normal box. Did so, Aaron. I I don't know if you heard Aaron Medic's episode, but he talked about you know the 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 creator of the show told him you know this is how we're doing things you have to you have to kind of be my voice and not let directors you know run back to normal tv and he said every time somebody would do um i'm paraphrasing of course but they try to do like regular overs and he's like no we don't do those right we're not going to use those did you run into the same thing mostly not because i think I'm not entirely sure, but I think, well, mostly because uh, Armando uh, was the chief creator of most of those shots. I didn't have to really fight that fight. Okay. Uh, and we also had a, another d- director of photography, uh, Cynthia Pushek, did the odds. Oh, okay. And uh, so the the fights, not fights, the, the discussions, I guess is a better way of putting it, about how we would never do this were really happening above me. We're mostly coming from him, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, it depends on the particular dynamic of the show and also who fought for those shots right uh, <laughs> and if it's a dp then he's gonna yeah and Ar- uh, armando has a really great way of finding cool shots but also getting people on board with it too right so that's half the battle i guess yeah, yeah. and uh you know when getting them to commit to the time it takes to do something a director a would say hey i want to do this shot and then when i'm going to do a reverse and he's like what if we just do it all in one? And they'd be like, what? He's like, yeah, what if we just do it all in one? We'll just swing all around. We'll get this and this and this and this. And he's like, and he gets out his finder and he shows them how he wants to move it around. And, uh, you know, occasionally they'd be, 
just a little wide-eyed and they right. nod their heads and go okay and we, we'd do it <laughs> cool <laughs> how many episodes of that was were there uh we did seven um it was meant to be 10 uh but i think cbs had to do some reworking uh to uh because they went through like an executive change or something like that so we ended up mm. um doing seven but we made those seven amazing and hopefully we'll get to do it again yeah cool that's uh that's cool How, who was speed camera for you uh dean morin um he was I I know him. on the show previously he was actually i think the only only camera person to survive and oh really and uh he's great oh okay I had a good time oh cool did you know him before that nope oh all right that's cool it's nice when you meet somebody new and good yeah yeah well that's cool man i i'm jealous of i really i love that book so much and I, I'm sure I'm not alone in that. So, um, I, I don't have CBSL access. I know, and you got to pay for it. It's too much with all these things. I know. Well, I was, I'm, uh, let me count. Okay, now Netflix, uh-huh. Hulu, right? Amazon, Apple, uh-huh. CBS. Does NBC have one? No, but I think they're working on one. I think they are too. Let's count them. Uh, Disney's H- got theirs. HBO has three. Right. Disney's got theirs coming which up. Makes no sense, but we'll call it one. Disney has two. Disney definitely has two that are separate. Are you talking about Disney uh, Plus streaming? and Disney Kids? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. But what what three did HBO have? They have HBO Now, HBO Go. Oh, it's and mostly HBO the same something. content, though. I think it just depends. Yeah, but why they have three? I'm not counting the three. I'm just saying, why do they? Oh, well, I think. I uh, could be wrong, but I think one of them is one of them is just a streaming only, and then one's like an add-on for somebody who's already a cable subscriber. But it's basically the same content. If you subscribe on cable, you get one of them, right? Correct. What do I? I don't know which one it is. Cause I think I, I, I actually one. don't know either. I think it's Go. Okay, oh, it's either Go or Now. Got got it. Okay, but yeah, there's too many. Um, yeah, and that, but there's. Uh, is it Jeffrey Katzenberg? Somebody's working on a new one, mm-hmm. like a super fresh startup one. And I'm thinking, like, if you want, if you want to get this stuff, because before you could go to a movie and you don't have to subscribe to Disney to see one of their movies, you know, right? And or HBO, you know, I, I don't know. HBO was the only one that was like that. And now, if you want them all. It's going to cost way more than a cable bill. Right. Or, yeah. Uh, again, you I guess you have to go through your choices and just decide what's m- the most important. Obviously, Disney's got a few flagship things coming out, like uh, The Mandalorian uh, and some stuff that are going to drag viewers in. Yeah, I know they made that big announcement. Um, I was having this discussion with my friend um, who invests in stocks, and we've. I used to be super into that, and... Um, he and I have talked about this stuff a lot and I happen to own Netflix right now, which just took a big hit. Um, I was up 50%. Wow. <laughs> I bought, I, I'm good at, I'm good at charting. So I know when buy and sell points often are, right. well, sell points, you're often surprised because like their numbers disappointed. Anyway, I won't get right. into all that, but he was like, why do you like Netflix? And I'm like, cause they're ahead of all these other people, you know? Yep. And, I, and they're like, well, what Disney's doing, they're going to, it's huge. It's going to be really great for them. I'm like, is it? Because their whole thing is money. I mean, they've shown they're, they're in business to make money, period. That's right. what they're there for. Um, and they've ended this Avengers thing, making billions and billions and billions of dollars off of it. And now they're taking all that and making it just streaming, right? 
Yeah, or, I think that they're. I think their plan. I, I, I hope I'm not talking out of my butt here, but I think their plan is to put all of that material on their Disney right only thing, which makes sense. They're they're gonna drag people in. Okay, so that's what they're saying, and I'm saying, does it? Because yes, yeah, there I are think certain. It does make, I think, there are certain people I think you included who yeah. will get it just to be able to watch all that stuff. I think it's uh, you. If you're talking about like original, and don't forget, there's like. Every Disney movie, I get that. Movie. I understand. So every family that's going to want it, I'm not. I'm not arguing. I'm, yeah. I'm not arguing that they aren't going to have a lot of subscribers, and they're probably going to be the only place you can get that material once they finally launch their their program. Right? It's not like you're going to watch. Oh yeah, the, they've been pulling. Right. It's known that they're pulling stuff off of other Netflix, places. Yeah. Um, yeah. Specifically Netflix. Um, no, my point is, like. Those movies are every single movie is like breaking a new record for how much they made, right? right. Infinity War or uh-huh. whatever, and I don't even know how much that made—four billion or something more. Two point seven, just in the U.S. No, I think worldwide. I think that was the the record. I thought was... the one before made like three and a half. I don't know. Uh, anyway, regardless, they're making many billions of dollars, right? right. By releasing them that way, is this going to do the same for them? Probably. At eight dollars a month, you know, eight dollars a pop. I don't know what they're charging, but they don't forget. It's eight dollars. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, that's like, what I heard. I th- think I'm correct. Um, well, uh, if they have original content like The Mandalorian, which uh, allegedly they spent more money than even it's like Game of Thrones money on The Mandalorian. I don't know. I don't know much about it. I saw the name. What's it even about? It's uh, The Mandalorian's Boba Fett. It's a it's a Boba Fett story. So oh, okay. Uh, I think people are gonna. Oh, yeah. I. I heard about that because somebody was telling me they were shooting by their stage. Right. They would see the... They weren't hiding it very well. Nah. (laughs) They'd see stormtroopers walking back from lunch. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, sorry, go on. No, Uh, I'm just saying that that kind of content is going to drag people in. I'm I'm interested, so... Yeah, I know. I know a certain amount of people will, but I'm not interested. And um, I don't care that much. Like, if it was on Netflix... So, I have Netflix and Amazon. And then I have HBO. Right. And cable. And Showtime. I forgot to mention Showtime. Um, and, you know, I spend a lot every month just yeah. to have this stuff. And there, I cannot watch even close to... I can't even watch 1% of it. I know. And and uh, and look, I, I want to watch The Handmaid's Tale. I hear how great it is. It is very good. But do I want to spend all the money on Hulu? Right. Like, and I'm not one of the... I guess what you can do is... Drop one for six months, get another. Yeah, that's one way to go, I guess. But I think Hulu's guarding against that by doing. They don't release all at once; they release a couple at a time, right? They do not. But I think you can go back and stream everything. Right, so you can wait till it's done right, and right. then get it all, right? Right. Yeah, Hulu doesn't uh, put out, and same with CBS All Access; they're not putting them all out in one go either. Right. They're putting them out once a week. Right. Uh, you could argue. I've I've heard and said both arguments. I don't know which, which one's better. It's nice. The the Netflix model is nice to be able to just kind of binge it. But sure. Also, it's nice to say, hey, hey, there's a new episode this week, and I'll watch that. Right. And of course, uh, CBS has that uh, all the uh, Star Trek stuff, which is their flagship stuff right now. Yeah. Uh, Discovery and now Picard. Mm-hmm. My friend is doing. I keep trying to get him in here. He's he does uh, his makeup. Oh, for, for Picard. Yeah, 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 up in Santa Clarita. It's his. Is that where they? Sh- where uh, I, where, where I live? Where I, I'll never work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, 
Actually, he said we they went to Comic Con last weekend. Yeah, so it was pain in the ass. <laughs> but um, anyway, uh, um, yeah, no, they have that stuff. And um, what's the other one? Well, John Handcammer's doing one right now. Doing a uh, CBS All Access. Oh, that's right. He mentioned that. Uh, Why women kill? I think. Yes, that sounds correct. Um, they're doing a lot of shows, and somebody else told me they had just done one too. Who Couldn't was? it just it could just be why women kill, and then just comma because men, and then that would be the end of the show. <laughs> why women kill? Dot dot dot. Men. Men. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Uh, yeah, I think he when I saw him last, he was just talking about starting it. So I'm, yeah, I imagine he started it by now. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, I saw him last week. Um, I went up there at Radford. Oh, nice. So. I think that's good for him. I think he's Sherman Oaks or he's, something. Uh, yeah, Woodland Hills, Sherman Oaks. Somewhere. Oh, maybe Woodland Hills, yeah. But anyway, yeah, Radford's close. Better for him than Sony or some shit. Where were you, Where have you been working? Well, I know you've you've been off your show, but which, you were just doing a show, what's it called again? Uh, Atypical. Atypical, right. Yes. Michael Rappaport. Yes. Right. Jennifer Jason Lee, Michael Rappaport. Yeah. Um, yeah, we did that one in Los Feliz. I know, right? <laughs> At a, you shoot practical locations? So there's actually a stage there called Occidental Stages in Los Feliz. I've, I've like worked there. three sound stages. We, we used them all. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember because Grey's Anatomy is over there-ish. They're in a little neighborhood, but I think it's more Silver Lake. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and then... What do you know? What used to be there? I'm, my memory might be off, but I think it was Criminal Minds. Could have been. I mean, it's obvious. It's a little boutique, uh, right? Thing. And they have the whole thing. Yeah, and if you, I, I guess you can just rent all three stages, and it's basically your own little private area, your little lot. Yeah. yeah. No, like like Gray's. I think there's three or four stages, mm-hmm. and they have like three of them, and then General Hospital has one. Oh yeah. <laughs> Actually, the Gray's one. That area, um, that's where all the Disney and Disney Plus stuff, there's a little satellite building. Mm-hmm. That's where it's all going to go from, which is crazy to me. It's a tiny little, it's been there for, <laughs> I don't know how many years, many, many years, but um, uh, they're streaming it all from right there, which, huh. I don't know. Anyway, you're not, you don't seem, that doesn't seem strange to you, I guess, but it seems strange to me. I, you, you've never seen the stages, so no. it's just like in a fucking neighborhood. Okay. Yeah. It's like you're driving down a regular residential well, that's, street that's and you how, take a left and you're at these stages. Yeah, that's how the, the place in Los Feliz is. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, there's houses all around and right. you got to be mindful of that when you wrap at 1am that. Yeah. If you're loud in the parking lot yeah. or something. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I know. It's. It's weird. Anyway, um, did you? So you guys had three stages for that show. It's a half hour show, no? It is a half hour show. Uh, it's a Netflix show, so it's a full thirty minute. Uh, oh right, show. okay. And uh, yeah, we we use so essentially a third longer. Yeah, it's crazy how much longer. I mean, the when I did Grace and Frankie a couple of years ago, I, I did the math on these thirty minute shows, and I realized that. Oh, is that thirty minutes? I thought that was an hour. No, it's thirty. Oh, okay. And the interesting thing about them is is that. You think, well, hey, just add a day. But even if you add a day, you're still behind what a five-day, 22-minute episode would be. Right. Because, uh, 
and if if you're and in, in, in atypical, we were doing it in five days actually. So it's right because you've added eight minutes to it. You've added eight minutes, and uh, that's right. that's a you were doing five pages a day essentially, and now you got to do now you got to add basically do six pages. A right, day. right. Uh, it was a fun oh. fun show. Uh, Rich uh, did a camera for half the episodes, and then I did a camera for the second half. What show? Uh, for atypical. Oh, Rich did? Yeah, Rich Davis did started it, uh, and I was on Strange Angel, and then he he went off and did his pilot, and I uh, did the last gotcha. four episodes, I think, or something like that. Got it. Okay. Oh, cool. Oh, so you weren't on the whole thing? No. Right. All right. But uh, it was actually a real pleasure working with those folks, too, and it's an interesting story for the folks that don't know anything about it. It's uh, I have no idea. So it's about... A, it's, a, it's a family dramedy. Uh-huh. Uh, involving, uh, or I should say, circling around their their son who's uh, autistic, but he's functionally autistic. Okay. Uh, but the you know hilarity and tears all come from his not understanding how the world largely works. Okay. He 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 still functions. He still has a job. He still goes to school, but he's right, right, right. He's still somewhat lost in the interpersonal relationships that happen. Okay. It was actually really well done, and um, uh, for the folks that uh, haven't seen it, and it's what, on Netflix. What, se- what season? That was like season three, right? That was three. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so, the, so there's a good amount of that. On yeah, oh. and and they and they go because they're thirty minutes. They go down pretty easily. You can watch the whole whole season in like a day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's cool. So that was good, huh? Yeah. Real. Real uh, amazing people to work with. Really well written. You get all these comedies. I've done a ton of comedies. Yes, I'm. Tr- I'm thinking about. I did one comedy pilot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. I can't. I can't. I can't remember doing a lot of comedy stuff. It's kind of funny. I wonder why. It's the circles you get in. It's, yeah, I, 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 guess so. I I dropped into the comedy circle and uh, I, I've loved it. It's and uh, working with uh, like Tom McGill, the, the DP who shot Atypical, and I feel bad. Angie Tribeca, great news. Oh, so he did that show too. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Correct. Got it. Okay. So uh, it's uh, he's an amazing person to work for. So it's 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 just a lot of fun every time you get involved with it. He's job. nonstop. He is nonstop. He's he's a he's a machine. It's amazing. Huh. Cool. Well, yeah, he did that the that great news show. Mm-hmm. Which did you? I'm sure you liked working on it. Yeah, it was uh, that one was amazing. Great, again, great cast. But we actually, uh, I really really miss Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, right? Tina Fey, but not Amy. Poehler. Oh, not Amy. Okay. Amy did Wine Country, and then we did I Feel Bad right. uh, with Amy uh, producing as well. Right. Um, it was, I was going to... Because I, I really wanted to like great news. Right. And it's not that I disliked it. It just didn't land for me. Yeah. It didn't land for a lot of folks. I guess that's why they ended up canceling it, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, it was a lot of fun to work with those uh, actors, and we uh, we laughed a lot. I imagine you did. There's a lot of really great people on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Not everything can be perfect i guess well in fact that not everything's for everybody so everybody yeah. everybody's got a little slightly different tastes uh, i guess not enough people had a taste for great news or it's it's a funny world we're living in now too because that was for nbc correct so <laughs> nowadays like what we were just talking about it's like 
for Netflix, they I don't I don't I'm just making numbers up, but they might be really cool if you get a million viewers per episode. Right. Or or just not even care. Or not care, yeah. but uh they care. I mean they care but <laughs> but but I mean they they don't really advertise their numbers, so it's hard to say Yeah, yeah, but they care internally because sure again, they their job is to make money. Sure. So they want things that people want to watch. They probably care more now than when they were first putting out content. At, at, the, uh, at the first, they probably just wanted content, and they didn't care really. Yeah. But yeah. now you're probably right now. Oh, they definitely care. Yeah. But but my point being, they might not care if, for example, if Great News was on Netflix and got a million per... Right. They'd be fine with it. But NBC's like, oh, if you don't get two, then we got to... You know what I mean? Or whatever right. whatever their numbers are. Yeah, whatever their magic number is. Yeah, or. because their, cor- their corporations are totally different. So, like, yeah. you know, they have a different yeah. Interestingly, financial. you can watch Netflix on... Or Great News on Netflix right now. Oh, is oh, it on... Both on, both seasons are on there, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot it was two seasons. Yeah. Um, one was shorter, though, no? They were both short. They were both, like, 13 episodes, I think, or 10, oh, okay. 10 episodes. I can't even recall. Yeah, I think they were twelve or thirteen. So. I'd like the girl. Uh, what was her name? And and her mother, the woman who played her mother. Briga Briga was the uh, um, the main, um, and then uh, Briga Briga. I've never heard that name before. Briga Helene, huh. and then Andrea Martin was uh, Andrea the mother. Martin, yeah. yeah, and she's. I mean, there was so much funny on that show. I actually really. Uh, and I, you know, apparently you didn't connect with it, and a lot of folks didn't, I guess. But I thought they were all hilarious. It is. It's funny though when you watch your own. Yeah, it's impossible to be impartial. Well, you're friends with all the people, yeah. or you're you're at least coworkers and friendly with all of them, and then right. you worked your ass off. Yeah, you know, um, I found that before on shows that I work for that I, I give them the benefit of the doubt a lot more. Sometimes they might not deserve it. It's just hard to be completely objective, you know, when it's your own work. Yeah, I'm not saying you're wrong or whatever. No, no, I'm, no. <laughs> you know what I mean. Uh, and also, my my t- uh, sense of humor tends to s- kind of steer in that direction with a very zany humor, because that one was pretty out there. That was part of it for me, I yeah. guess. It was a little zany. Yeah. Even though Andrea Martin is very zany, but she she pulls it off for me. Yeah, <laughs> She's I mean, a very funny person. Yeah, it was. It was that show was definitely like. I mean, when when we did Andrew Tribeca, talk about zany humor. That that show is like, yeah, it makes zany seems mundane. But yeah. but uh, even this show it was pretty much on the edge of what most people would think is right. And Andrew Tribeca was on TBS, correct? And then TBS versus NBC. Who knows? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. Um, although Andrew Tribeca went like five seasons, right? Did really four. well. Four, 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 and I think we're done from what I hear. Oh, I thought that was a sure thing that it was done. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you're right. Oh, okay. Gotcha. That's too bad. I mean, I don't know how you'd have time with Tom shooting every show in the world. <laughs> yeah, it was all it was all fun, and we just kept working sometimes. And That's good. Yeah. That's good. Um, well, you don't need more water, but I need another White Claw. You've had about a gallon of water since you got here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> One gallon. So uh, anyway, we'll take we'll take a five minute break. We haven't even talked about the fact that this is you're the first repeat offender here. Oh, okay. Well, we'll get to that after the break. <laughs> I guess we just talked about it. I don't know what else to say. You have less hair now than you did then. Yep. <laughs> I have no hair. Yeah, you're going for the uh, 
All I can think of is Lex Luthor. Kojak? No. <laughs> you have... because I don't know. The way your head is, it reminds me of... Lex Luthor? Yeah, it does. Thanks. Kelly Tavales was more rounded. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, take a, we'll take a break here. And now a word from our sponsors. So, you were just telling me how bored you are with yourself. How boring you are. Yes. <laughs> I am the most boring person you know. <laughs> uh, no, you didn't. But you were telling me about uh, uh, the movies you shot. They both got sold. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, we uh, had a relationship with um, our director, DC Hamilton, and uh, Brina Kelly, the producer, writer, and actor, actually. Um, done a couple movies with them and uh, hoping to do more. That's cool. I remember liking them. I went in to help you out. Actually, I had an eventful day, a day that you will probably forget. No, I doubt it. I remember all those days. Okay. So you remember the day that I was late for work? Because I came in to cover to help you out for like two days or something. Yeah. Did we call you late? or I mean, you weren't late because... See, you don't remember. I don't remember that you were late, no. There was a good reason. My car got totaled on the way to work. Oh, that's right. (laughs) Actually, I didn't know it was totaled yet. I drove it there. Um, That lady hit me. You had some really bad luck for a short while with cars. My God. I'm glad it's over. Yeah. Well, the one guy pulled out in front of me and I T-boned him. He tried to say it was my fault. (laughs) I remember. I remember thinking, geez, this poor guy got hit again or whatever. And that, the lady... She had like three of them, right? Or something? Or was it just two? No, there were a couple, but there were two with that car. Um, No, but the lady that hit me on the second one, she was turning. You're on La Cienega. It's three lanes on each side. There's some parking, but it's between four and seven. It's three lanes going each way. She's in the middle lane, and she tried to turn right. Oh, at four and seven, or also like seven to nine in the morning, I think, or seven to ten. Anyway, she turned hard right from the middle lane, and I was right next to her, and she slammed me. And it happened to be in a place where the curb was like two feet tall. So weird, super high curve. Right. So I didn't go up onto the curb. I just smashed into it. Both my... Both the I think the suspension was broken, but the anyway there was a lot of broken stuff on that car. It was all mostly internal, and there was damage on on almost on three sides. So the right side hit the curb, the left side hurt, and the left side in front her car hit. That was a truck, right? Wasn't it? Or no, that was that same. Uh, no, it was my uh, my Audi. Oh, your Audi. Yeah. Um, I thought you, you had a truck before that, right? I that had you, two trucks. That you also had, and, had an accident, right? And the. The second one got totaled. This is really interesting for your for your listeners, I God. imagine. It's L.A., man. <laughs> it's L.A. ridiculous. Like, yeah, I've had a couple of them. Um, anyway, but no. So because of because of that day, I'll never forget. And I felt so bad for being late because I'm like doing you. I mean, doing you a favor. But if I'm doing somebody a favor, I don't want to be like a fucking prima donna about it. You know, yeah, I want to no. show up at work on time. I, when, you, when you said you were an accident, I mean, that's... Clearly, obviously, but I still feel bad like it's my yeah, fault somehow. That's fair, but it's, still, it's obviously not. No, 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 I know, I know. But especially when I showed up and my car was bad, it's not like I could lie. <laughs> like, oh, I got a ticket on the way to the work. Where's the ticket? Uh, you know what <laughs> I mean? Or something. Um, no, it wasn't like that. But but um, anyway, I'll just never forget. I remember we did... I can't remember... 
Was that? It was film. No, uh, no, no, it wasn't film. It was Alexis. Right. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Anyway, um, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, it, it was, was an, it was an interesting project, and we. Uh, I think you know, you, uh, I'm pretty proud of it, actually. Well, good. It, it, it looked. I remember it looking good. Yeah. I mean, I've never seen the whole project, but I saw parts of it, I think, and then obviously I saw the stuff that I was there for. Yeah. But um, yeah, good for you. And then the second one, and I mean, the fact that they're making money, or or at least recouping the money they're they're spending, that's a big deal. Yeah. No, they're they're like the poster children of of I I guess how to get things done. When really? I met, I met them. Uh, Interestingly, I met them at Paul's birthday party. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, our common uh, friend, friend Paul, Paul Silver. Yeah. And uh, I met them at Paul's birthday party and uh, we just started chatting and uh, they mentioned they were wanted to do a short or, or DC said, I want to do this short. And I was like, oh, cool. Uh, well, if you need help, let me know. And so about a month later, he calls me up. He's like, I think we're ready to shoot the short. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. You know, when do you want to do it? And he's like, uh, how's, how's next weekend? I'm like, oh, okay. So we did this short. It starts to get real. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, you know, I called in some favors, uh, got a camera, and we we went off to shoot the short. And um, within a month, they were done post, and they were, like, completed and in and, – sending it off to festivals or whatever. Wow. And uh, within a year, and literally less than a year later, we were shooting the feature film based on that short, <laughs> which is kind of incredible. Yeah. And then uh, they got that one done. They finished it, sold it, and then they started another one. And uh, now we're on to uh, round three, which uh, I'm excited about. And hopefully uh, that one will get done soon. Cool. Um, and I mean, your goal, your goal is to f- eventually put the rig down and. Yeah, I mean, shoot. I think everybody's goal is to eventually put the rig down after you've worn it a while. Uh, yeah, that's. True. Although I guess some people want to keep wearing it. Um, no, I mean, I love Steadicam as I think we all do, um, and I think it's an amazing tool, and it's been an, an amazing adventure to be part of that, and to to you know. I don't want to say honor, but I guess in a weird way, it's an honor to be able to go out and do those kind of fun shots that Steadicam allows you to do. Mm-hmm. But it takes a toll on on your body, and uh, yeah. none of us are getting any younger. So that's true. <laughs> uh, I do have more hair than you, so yeah, you probably always will. <laughs> uh, no, that's cool. And 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 you 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 shot. I didn't even know this. You shot. Was it Andre Angie Tribeca? Yeah, I did. Uh, Three of the episodes on, of Angie Tribeca. That's so cool. Yeah, but, and it was that was Tom McGill. Yeah, Tom McGill. He so di- was he directing or something? Yeah, he got to direct. So I did his prep week, and we were only doing five day episodes. So his entire prep was like uh, an episode. Then I shot his episode, and then he went off to uh, prep Wine Country, and I I did a third one. Oh okay. Oh oh, that was that close together. I didn't realize that. Yeah, Wine Country was just a few months after we wrapped Tribeca. Oh, okay. Huh. So that timing worked out well for him, I guess, and for you. Yeah, it was great. We all got to stay busy and did you <laughs> were there moments 
So your B camera operator did A, I'm assuming. Yes. And then you brought somebody else in to do B. Mm-hmm. Um, how how many times were you like, ah, I wish I could do it myself? Or not that they didn't do a good job or anything like that, but just like, did you have a a feeling of loss of control or uh, no? No, in fact, uh, it's interesting uh, for me as a cinematographer. I feel liberated. I don't feel like I need to get in there and uh, and uh, jump in. Um, and I'm work. All the operators that work with Tom are all excellent. So there was no sense of can they do it or right or uh, or any of that. And uh, I only did I did Steadicam on uh, the episodes I shot only because. Uh, none of them did it, and it just didn't seem like it was worth it to bring in another guy just to do those couple of shots. Oh, okay. So uh, I I did the Steadicam for those, but uh, was happy to let other people operate and for me to uh, go work with the key grip and the gaffer and, and come up with some fun stuff to do. Okay, cool, man. That That's good. I... I um... I've talked about this before about doing Steadicam while you're shooting, like because I shot a couple oh, yeah. of those shorts. It's not fun. No, I, I, yeah, I, I, uh, I mean, good for you for just doing what you had to do, but, right? But um, yeah, I mean, for, it's the exact opposite of being liberated. Like I talk about how right. it was liberating to not right to operate. Well, then you're you're ex- chained to this device that you right. can't run around and, you know talk to the gaffer real super fast and say i you know i really want that light to be this or the key grip to cut, right. cut a certain area and so uh you, you end up losing control in that process which is again there was not a ton of steady cam so it was fine yeah okay all right um yeah, just a couple of shots and the assistants know you and your gear so i'm sure they set everything up for you right? yeah they're great so it's, it's the best of that world, best you can get as far as doing it, right? Yeah, kind and of. actually, some of the more interesting Steadicam shots were actually during those th- those times. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, one is uh, on my reel. It's a an '80s homage kind of a thing where they all have big froofy hair, and it's like a Wall Street kind of a. Oh, setup. really? Yeah. And then um, another one wasn't technically hard, but it was kind of fun. Was uh, we uh, we do this loop around this hallway, and we keep coming around to the same piece of the hallway. And uh, you see this one guy changing a light bulb, and then the you, you, steady cam keeps going, and then they go around a corner, and this is the same guy changing a light bulb, and then you go around another corner, and it's the same guy changing a light bulb, and you're like, and of course the show is all about the gags. It's all the, the, Andy Trebek is all about how the insane, silly gags that we can do. Right. So at the end of it, we stop. And then you have these two, these three triplets walking by. So you realize it was not the same guy. It was actually triplets gotcha. changing a light bulb. It's gotcha. just a silly joke that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's fun. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of fun stuff on Angie Trebek. Is uh, it's so zany and weird. Yeah. Uh, one of the shots we did, uh, which was uh, Rich Rich Davis actually was the steady camera operator on, was this shot where we're going down the street, and. Uh, we do the actor is like holding a hot dog and then like you cut to the other side and he's holding an ice cream cone and they cut over here and the girl's wearing a different shirt. So it's meant to be a continuity joke. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the scene, they, they cut 
to the reverse and it's a totally different actor and then they cut back to the other side and it's a completely different actor so right 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 just some silly stupid you know film in jokes if you will right uh I just remembered. I said I hadn't really done any comedies. I did that one season of uh, Children's Hospital. I forgot. But your your the stupid jokes made me think of it. <laughs> that it is. It's the same kind of yes, goofy stuff. That one was certainly zany. Uh yeah, yeah. Talented people though. Yeah. Actually, I'm I'm I I want to work with Lake again. Lake Bell. She directed some episodes and she was she was awesome and and then like ken marino you see in everything now and of course cordry and yeah those people were awesome kind of the same you you guys had on andrew trabeco's a really um good cast yeah i mean not only was the cast good we had some amazing guest stars um absolutely just phenomenally fun people to work with that were you know uh, iconic if you will like who i knew you were gonna ask me that well, I could tell you were avoiding. I wasn't going to ask you, and then I could tell that you were trying not to be specific. So I figured I'd just, uh, so I'd just stick it right in your back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, God, I, I'd say so many I can't remember. That's fine. Don't uh, worry. We we did have. Um, oh my gosh, this is Charlton Heston. No, he's oh. he's dead. Oh, bomber. Uh, Somebody pr- pried that gun from his dulled. Burt Reynolds. We didn't have Burt Reynolds, but I did work with him. He's also dead. I know. I worked with Burt, too. How'd you like Burt? I loved Burt. I thought... Uh, I was a focus puller at the time, and that dude was so good at hitting his mark Yeah. that I remember thinking, man, I only have to pull the tape once. Was it before or after he forgot how to remember lines? <laughs> I would say this was before, because he was pretty good on... What project was it? It was called, I think... It was called Cloud Nine. Was it in Florida? Nope. It was here in L.A. Not long after I got here. Mm. Um, Michael Goy was the uh, cinematographer. Oh, okay. And uh, it was kind of a spoofy comedy of like beach volleyball. Okay. I I liked him too. Um, he was funny. He he was very self deprecating. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a way. He and he did that to apologize for his the fact that he couldn't remember two words together. I'm li- so for some reason every scene we shot with him was steady cam, and I don't know why, but that was that was the way on that movie. <clears throat> so every single scene had to be all steady cam if Bert was in it. Hmm. It's really odd, but um, it was a movie cam SL, so it wasn't like crazy, but. We would do, I remember James Woods was in this too, and they had a scene together, and it was, I think, a half page, and I rolled out eight mags in a row, because Bert couldn't remember his lines, and I wasn't mad about it, uh, you know, it was just like, come on, man. Hey, but, but it's, at least it was film where you could roll out and, and set the rig down. You're 100% right. <laughs> you're 100% right. It, it wasn't about the physical stuff. It was just like, oh. Well, you know? if you, if you were on thirty minute mags or thirty minute cards, it would be about the physical stuff. I agree. <laughs> I agree. I it wasn't then, is what I'm saying. Yeah, you know, yeah. but no. Um. Uh. I anyway, he was he was cool. I liked him, but um. 
but that part of it, whew, it was tough. That was 05? Yeah. So you must have been just before that, or a little a little before. When I did the movie with him? Yeah. It was around that time, maybe 04. Because you moved to LA in like 03? 02. So it might have been 02, 04. but after me, right? I think so. Can we talk about this? I, I was in October. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, I think like March? Yeah. Something like April? So, no, I think it was like 04 when I did that movie with him. Possibly. Yeah, okay. Hmm. Anyway, maybe he just didn't prepare for ours. <laughs> I don't know, but I liked him. Anyway, we got off. We got off track. Uh, oh, oh. So he was in. Oh no, I was. He was not in. I forgot. I was just naming random names yeah. to confuse you. <laughs> I forgot what my gag was. Uh, anyway, um, well, that's cool. You, and you don't have to name people. It's fine. Um, there was another show you did um, called "I Feel Bad." Yes, on NBC. Was that the Amy Poehler? Correct. Okay, a- Amy Poehler produced. Um, uh, a, another family-ish comedy. Did it air already? Yep, we've. Whoops. Aired. Yeah, no, it's okay, dude. Uh, not a lot of people watched it. Apparently. Really? Yeah. Did it get canned? Yeah, it did. Oh, that's too bad. Yep. I I, sh- I would be starting it now if we were gonna go. So, mm. unfortunately, it's not gonna go because uh, that was a fun little show to work on and uh, uh, nice little family uh, comedy about this. Uh, Indian American and, and I'm not talking about Native American I'm talking about like somebody from yeah, yeah, yeah. Indian descent uh, who was also you know Americans and her being married to a, a a Jewish person so it was like a very blended family of these okay of these two cultures coming together right so it was uh, it was cute and the kid you know raising kids in this kind of a thing mm. very cute very fun who was in it why, why, okay, why was it called I Feel Bad? He can't remember any names. Um, um, that was, I think you need alcohol to get your I, memory I back. I guess so. Um, my, the, the, it was named that after the, the book it was based on. Okay. And there was some sort of book written called I Feel Bad. And it was based on this lady who just... I think the the whole the whole point of the book was that she felt bad about trying to be a working mom who was also trying to raise children and be there for her husband and just how she would do things that she felt bad about because mm. that's the pressure that women are under to be the most amazing wife to be the most amazing uh mom and to be the most amazing employee at the same time right and uh it's uh it's know. not the necessarily the most appealing title though no uh unfortunately maybe i i don't know that it had a lot to do with the demise of the show mm. but it's not uh, you know the most amazing title no it's a little yeah i was thinking about it if i came across something that said i feel bad <laughs> like i don't want to look at that right <laughs> yeah but uh i don't, I don't know um Oh, by the way, you told me, uh, you did you come here straight from the airport? Yes. Yeah, you're 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 a pilot now. Yeah, we went flying together. Once. I, rem- I remember that, and that was pretty good. I was impressed. Oh yeah, I was really impressed. Uh, I think I had my license all of about two weeks when you and I went flying. Yeah, well, I'm a trusting person. <laughs> 
And I remember it was uh, it was pretty windy, so we had a it was a pretty serious landing. I mean, but, was it, it for me? It felt pretty serious. Oh, okay. For you, less. So, so I, I screwed it up, is what you're saying? No, not at all. You no, you you landed really good, but but like. I could just feel the wind. We were yeah, like we're all over the place. Around, yeah. yeah, that and usually happens at Whiteman, where I fly. There's a lot of winds, right? And then coming down, we're like whoa, whoa, yep. whoa, 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 all over the place. And I'm like, ooh, I was. That was the only point where I was a tiny bit nervous. Yeah. So I've been flying so long. Like, I've been in. That's probably the smallest plane I've ever been in. No, no, that's not true. Actually, I think it is true. But anyway, I've been in some really small. Like, I've been in tiny little seaplanes, mm-hmm. like beavers. And then I've been in, you know, 747s, like, since I was two years old. So I'm not afraid of flying at all. Sure. Um, so I was totally fine. But coming down there and looking at the runway and feeling like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I got a little bit. smaller planes are a little bit more susceptible to winds. And uh, Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a big plane can slice right through a lot of those smaller turbulence. But yeah, and there tends to be at Whiteman, there tends to be kind of a squirrely wind that happens right there. It's like swirls a bit? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I was once on a plane, a full plane, very like what you would consider a puddle jumper or smaller, um, but commercial, with my whole family and the pretty, pretty full plane, and we hit serious, serious storm turbulence, and my dad and I are the only two people on the plane that weren't throwing up. Oh, I was probably six or seven years old. Oh wow! And um, oh, it was it was like puke running down the the aisle. <laughs> it was not good. <laughs> Fun. My dad and I went and sat. There were a few empty seats, so we had we went and got a row by ourselves. Yeah, I would too. It was because my mom and sister were. Whew. Anyway, um, so point being, if I can handle that, I can handle pretty much anything. But normally, when you're in stuff like that, you're not looking out the front window. You know, and I'm not saying it was like that with you, but right. like you're not looking out the front window. No, you can't. True. You can't reference, right? You know what's really going on as much. You know, you just feel it a little, and it's right. like fine. you get jostled around, but you're not seeing the. Yeah, the jostling's never scared me. Um, I don't. I, it still doesn't connect with me why people are so scared of flying. Uh, I mean, I get that they are, and I think I it's. A, that, I think but. it's a a, a, a very primal thing that your brain just doesn't can't we don't want to fall so when you're high you can fall i think it's a pretty normal you think that's it i think that's a normal response yeah you're not afraid of oh obviously you never had like fear of flying at all or no no right i wonder i bet there are pilots as a matter of fact i've i think i've heard of pilots with um a fear of heights yeah no i mean there's plenty of i mean i I mean, I think technically everybody has some sort of fear of heights, right? Or at least, I don't know. Maybe. There's the old skydiving joke. You know, I used to skydive. The old joke was, uh, I'm not afraid of heights or of falling. I'm afraid of the sudden stop at the end. So, Right. It's not the falling that scares me. It's the stop at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a good one. I always like that one. Um, I don't know. I don't think... I mean... I'm not scared of heights. Right. Like when I think of it, I'm like, I. You said everyone is, and I had to consider it. For so a you minute. don't. You've never stepped to the edge of the building and kind of gotten a little. Yeah, but that's not. That's not a fear of heights. 
fear of falling. It's a fear of falling okay, off. Okay, fair. Right? Yeah. I mean, my mother got vertigo at very low altitude, but you could see, like on a, there was a lookout I'd lived in when I was in college. I, I was shooting news and in Roanoke, Virginia, there's like an overlook of the city. And it's a popular place to go and like, it's almost like a little hike kind of thing, but you can drive right up to it. So I took her up there to show her she wouldn't get within 15 feet of the edge because hmm. she could see like that it was a big thing. She gets vertigo. And so I don't know if that's like, I don't know if that's scared of heights or if that's scared of falling. I don't know what that is. Um, I don't know. I know people, they get on planes and they just have to take a sedative or you right. know, whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know. But planes, the height, you don't even feel the height if you don't look. No. You know, you, it's, I know some people are bothered by the turbulence. And to be honest, I don't love the turbulence. It's not like, it's like, you know, there's there's times, like when I flew up to Idaho last summer. Uh, the, Did the, you fly your plane to Idaho? Yeah. Um, wow. And uh, there was some pretty moderate turbulence that happened in, for a few hours. Mm. And that became very exhausting. Yeah, because you're trying to control the plane. You yeah. don't have autopilot. No, so it became right. it became very exhausting. In fact, I thought I thought about landing. Were you alone? Yeah. Why were you flying to Idaho alone? Just I for went, fun? Yeah, I was visiting a friend of mine, uh, and cool. uh, I wanted to go up for a week. And I was like, drive or fly? I'm like, well, I can be there in about seven hours in the plane. So why not? How many did you have to make stops for fuel? I did. I made two stops. Two, okay. Yeah. Your plane will only go like three hours or something? Uh, it can go more, but it's one of those things where you're like, you you, you want to get out, stretch your legs, and use the restroom right. every three hours or so. Sure, that makes sense. Technically, I think you could make that flight with just one stop, but it would be a very uncomfortable flight. Why? Just just because you don't get to get out and yeah, stretch exactly. your legs. Yeah, exactly. It'd be like a four-hour leg or something like that. that would, right. Yeah. You know, your bladder can only take so much. I figured. Uh, I had a thing in college. <laughs> I used to drive back and forth to college. Mm-hmm. It's about 10 hours. Yeah. Depending on traffic. And um, that was a two stopper. Yeah. Only because of gas. Right. And uh, I would drive. I mean, my back teeth would be floating. Yeah. I think I even used a Gatorade bottle once or twice. <laughs> That's fair. Um, but uh, That's usually your only option in an airplane because uh, yeah. it's not like you can just pull over to the side of the Right, road. yeah, and you can't just land anywhere. Yeah. yeah, not just anywhere, but there are plenty of airports. Yeah, lots of little ones that we don't really know about, yeah. right? Yeah. Tons and tons of them. Yeah. But, oh, sorry. No, no, no. I, I, for me, it was like a thing of pride. How quick can I get there? Right. It was, and it was, but I was young and, you know, I was 20 years old or whatever, yep. 21. Um, well, when, when I drove out here with the U-Haul, Chip drove with me mm. and we drove straight. We went, we didn't stop till Tucson. So we just swapped out. Wait, what? Yeah. We drove straight. That's to, two days. Yeah. We drove straight to Tucson. We would just. You know, stop for gas and bathroom breaks and Actually, food. It's not too. Is it how many hours is that? Thirty six uh, hours or something? It was, yeah, it was something like that. Thirty something hours. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We stayed the night at, at at a hotel in Tucson, 
and then uh, it was Thanksgiving Day, I think, that we landed here. Whatever. See, I did it fast. You had. What about? Did you? Were you towing your car? I was towing a trailer behind our my Jeep. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Um, I got a truck and then towed my car behind it. Um, but I was very impressed that I did it in three and a half days. Um, but you guys, you were there in two and a half days. Less than three. Yeah. I don't know what it was, but I remember Texas felt like forever. Oh my God. (laughs) Did I ever, I blew a tire in Texas. Really? I blew a trailer tire in the middle of West Texas. Oh, and, and it was, it was fixed. Did you even have cell service or cell service there? I had to walk up the road a little bit. Uh-huh. It was a budget truck. So I called 1-800-BUDGET or whatever their number was. And um, I had to walk a quarter of a mile up the freeway to find, you know, I had that old Nokia 51 whatever. You remember that one? I had that one. Everybody, Everybody had, had that, that one. one. <laughs> <laughs> Just crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I called them. And I was on the road within an hour, I think, or an hour and a half. And the guy came and saw the trailer. Luckily, it was a double axle trailer. I mean, the tread, the tread, I saw smoke and I was like, huh, in the rear view? Yeah. And I was like, shit, I better just pull over and have a look at it and make sure everything's okay. Because I saw like a burst of, so I, so I pulled to the right and I'm watching it. As I did the, the tread, I'm slowing down and the, the tread comes off the tire and then rolls past me. Oh no. I'm like, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> that's a bad sign. And, um, and so, yeah, I pulled over and then called them. And so he got there, he's like, okay, I've fixed that tire. And then he's like, Oh, this one's about to blow too. The one right in front of it. So he, he took, he didn't replace the wheel. He replaced the tire on the rim, so he literally took the tires off the rims in the middle of nowhere, West on, Texas. The middle of West Texas, and um, and he drove up from the from the outside of the freeway. He didn't drive on the freeway. He pulled up like through the woods, kind of. It wasn't <laughs> woods, but he knew right where we. Were. It was super crazy. Um, but anyway, uh, uh, yeah, he changed it all, and we were on our way. It was pretty impressive. That happened. I had to fix the the wiper was flying off the thing in North Florida in a you know the rain that we get in Florida torrential downpour and I realized the wiper thing is coming further and further <laughs> off the and if I don't stop it's going to be completely right. on so I had to go out in that rain yeah so I was soaked for the next four hours um, and then in Arizona I ran out of gas <laughs> and that worked out I literally ran out of gas and managed to roll slightly downhill and run one stop sign with the trailer and the everything carefully run but and pull into the last spot in the gas station wow in that weird place in arizona where it was like six dollars a gallon because there's no there's no gas for so long right anyway so you didn't fill it up that's what you're saying (laughs) no i did i was scared to death of that happening again because we had a whole conversation about uh do i pull over and just take my truck off the thing go buy a gas can get gas but we don't know where one is, so it might be 50 miles to right. the next station. So I won't be able to get enough gas. It's like it was a whole thing. Right. And well, then that's... we saw a thing that's like so far away, and it ended up being like three or four miles away, but it was a light, and it looked like it could be a gas station light. And it was. <laughs> well, to come full circle to the, the, uh-huh. the, the airplane stuff, that's the reason why you don't fly too long of a leg. 
because pulling or losing losing your engine to gasoline starvation fuel starvation is is real bad that's a bad thing and well also you have to like flip tanks right Mm -hmm. you have two tanks correct in my my plane but you can have uh, as many as four or more and you have to keep them all even right or close as close as you can right you don't there's no requirement it's just smart to do so because because the plane will handle better right well it's not even about handling it's mostly about if if you if you run one tank completely dry and then you switch to the other tank and there's some sort of problem with the line uh then you suddenly have no fuel so if you keep switching back and forth you're guaranteed that you'll have a certain amount of fuel left over does that make sense yeah but yes, it also theoretically handles better if, it, if right. In case one goes bad, you haven't used up all the good. Yeah, if, yeah. if for some reason there's something wrong with that fuel yeah. line or something yeah, yeah. like that, then you, if you've run your tank completely dry, you have zero options. Your plane, if you went completely, if the motor turned off, it's single engine. Yeah, if it turned off, you could drift it in pretty good, right? Oh yeah, well you're trained to uh, glide. Yeah, you. The, but it glides well, right? Well, it's a Piper Cherokee. They don't glide great, but... Oh, they don't? No, it's got like a 7 to 1 You say this with a knowing look on your face, and I'm sure the other pilots will get this, but I have no idea what you're talking about. It's a, it's a, got like, at best, a 7 to 1 glide ratio. There's a little bit of a joke. Um, okay. One of, the, one of the Piper Cherokee guys said that he carries a brick with him so that uh, if he loses an engine, he throws it out the window and he just follows the brick down. So... <laughs> It's a, it's a slight exaggeration. Oh yeah, gotcha. Um, but uh, they don't. Uh, they're, they're the answer is no. They don't glide very well. I mean, seven to one. So if you're one, what's mi- what's good for a plane? Uh, a smaller engine or a, small, a single engine smaller plane would be a good would be like a ten to one or or maybe better. Okay. But if you're a mile up, that means you can glide seven miles. Yeah. So it's not not for nothing. There's there's. And what are you normally flying at? Like when you went to Idaho, where what altitude were you at? Well, uh, there's pretty high terrain on the way there. So I was at like... Oh, you have to go over the mountains in California. Sure. That's but I mean, true. I forgot about that. But I mean, regardless of that, the, the it becomes very high desert. Um, so even, oh, really? Yeah. So even like um, uh, in certain areas over Utah, uh, it's probably four or 5,000 foot ground elevation. Mm-hmm. So if you're at eight thousand feet, you're only still only four thousand, maybe four thousand feet higher off above the ground. Right. And uh, I think I was staying between eight and nine. Eight. Do they consider eight thousand feet? So okay, so when you are over Utah and it's four thousand feet ground elevation, mm-hmm. when you're up, what would here be eight thousand feet? Do they consider it four thousand there, or it's still eight thousand? No, all, in it's air, all above sea level. In or? airplanes, they always refer to altitude as uh, above sea level. Okay, okay. So, so uh, you on the charts, you're, you'll always see what the. That's weird, though. Is the, there some kind of thing that adjusts that? I mean, because because you don't know the exact ground height, right? Which is why the charts all say that. When you when you refer to your chart, it'll actually show you what the the height okay. of the height of the airport is. Oh, because your altitude, it's not going to measure it. You can't constantly readjust it to measure to what ground is under you. Exactly. Right? So it's, I'm sure you can actually, but uh, um, I mean, yes, theoretically, but right. it, it wouldn't work because if you always set, say, you set your altimeter to ground, like, like when you're skydiving, 
you set your altimeter to ground level. Look, I'm sure there's a way with like lasers. Sure. To like const have a oh, constant. I mean, GPS can tell you exactly what you are above ground or whatever. Okay, fine. But but I get I understand why like I mean your plane's not brand new. It's so your altimeter was made in right the nineties or whenever this But plane still, was. regardless of all that, they they still it's still always referred to as uh as MSL, uh, mean sea level when you're when you're flying because if you set your altimeter to a ground level setting and then you flew to a different airport, well, you're, you're not going to land at zero. You're going to land at whatever the uh, the thing is. Well, that's what I mean when you land. So you said it's so so when you land in Idaho, let's say it's 2000 feet above sea level. It's 5000, six, almost over 6000 feet. Oh, my God. I was yeah. high. Yeah. So it's over 6000 feet. But what's the highest your plane can fly? Uh, that one's rated. I think the service ceiling is 125. Did you did you get to the ceiling or did you just no, fly? No, I've never never tried a to couple get to thousand it. feet higher than the ground. I got like <laughs> I got like I I think at one point I was at like eleven five, um to get over um some airspace over uh, Las Vegas. Uh what they have a ten ceiling or something? Yeah, there's a there's a ceiling there or a o- basement over the, over the uh, Bravo airspace over that air, uh, over that um, airport Groom Lake. No, just no, a different one. Just over, um, what's the name of the airport there? It's uh, whatever the Las Vegas airport's called. Oh, you mean McCarran? Yeah, that one. Oh, that's what you had to fly over? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I assumed it was maybe some, because uh, um, the government owns most of Nevada. I assumed it well, was maybe. There's a ton of restricted airspace in, in Nevada. That's what I'm saying, yeah. But there's also lots of corridors. Like, uh, I flew with... I think a good chunk of that flight was... So they essentially have it cut out so people can fly through. Yeah, I mean... Right. Yeah, the... uh, Typically, wherever the freeways go is typically where you can fly. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. It's a good landing area if you you don't flip your gas enough, too. Yep. (laughs) You got to flip your gas. (laughs) Yep. Never know when you might need to land. You know, somebody did that recently in Orlando. Did you hear about this? I think I did. Did you... I think you sent it to me, right? Maybe I did. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I did, actually, now yeah. that I think about it. A few months ago, right. that plane landed right on I-4. Right. Well, it happens all the time. Uh, here in Los Angeles, we have people landing on freeways all the time. We do? Yep. Oh, I was unaware. <laughs> How was I unaware of that? I don't know. Oh, I don't watch the local news. They. Uh, I don't really read the LA Times too much either. Sadly, most uh, people, uh, fuel starvation ends up being a pretty big factor not always yeah i think that was the one in orlando i think you ran yeah. out of gas yeah that's a uh, it's a, a, a staggeringly high number of people run out of gas it's so funny because it's you know pilots especially commercial you know pilots are revered of thought of as these very highly intelligent people and some of them certainly are but and i imagine you can make a mistake mistakes get made but like sure you're telling me like most of the time when they land when they have a emergency landing it's running out of gas uh, i don't know this or a lot i don't know yeah a lot i'll say a lot i don't know the statistics but uh, that does not point to pilots being smart <laughs> no well, i mean it's if you have four tanks it's easy to kind of get like lost in where you switched last and uh I know. I know. Wait, are you saying that they haven't switched properly? Correct. Usually, I know. Sometimes, 
Some so t- they land and they really had fuel, but they they, they should have switched to. Some people have landed without fuel or or landed and thought they ran out of fuel and then were startled to find out they had t- uh, fuel in the other tank. But when they got up there, they forgot to switch it. Correct. And then they panicked when. Right. And then some people just run out of gas. I'm sure there's that too. Yeah. And I'm t- I mean I can imagine somebody making a mistake, but geez, man, like it seems so. That's an important part. <laughs> like, well, how a, are you screwing that up? That's like, another reason why I elected to do two stops instead of one, because I wanted a bigger buffer. Yeah, you got a big cushion there. Did you fill up full all the oh, way? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You get 50 gallons in the thing. and then. Uh, but here's the thing. Uh, if you're flying into a headwind, you may have done all the calculations possible. Right. Suddenly you're going half the speed you expected to be. Or, yeah, you might be even 10% slower, and suddenly that cushion that you thought was there is suddenly depleted. Right. Which is why there's minimums mandated by the government to to for you to fly. Mm. But not everybody follows the rules. Or, like I said, they had a bigger headwind than they thought, and they just didn't, they didn't bail to a secondary airport when they had the chance. Right. Should we be talking about film? <laughs> No, this is okay. Right now, this is the most interesting thing you you can talk about. No, I just I feel find a it interesting. Guilty. I don't really have no, 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 no. Don't don't feel guilty at all. I, I'm just um, I'm uh, you know me. I'm I'm kind of fascinated in weird things. Not that flying's weird, but and I don't think I'd ever really like. I'd be interested in flying a plane, but like you told me today, you were just up like tooling around and yeah, checking it out and flying around and that's awesome i'm sure it was fun but like and i really enjoy going up with you and i would do it again but like um what am i trying to get at if i owned a plane i don't think i'd i i don't i mean i would probably do it a little bit and then tire of it yeah well there's a reason that maybe you shouldn't get your license then right whoa i think windows just sorry (laughs) that was crazy i have an update uh, I think it's telling us so we should stop talking. Oh, shut up. <laughs> oh, that's what it's saying. Shut up. Um, no, I'm just closing that browser. Um, no, I'm just, I'm, I don't know. I don't know what it is with me. I'm a little OCD, obviously. And um, I, you should know that based on the conversations we've had about poker. <laughs> um, but by the way, have you have you been playing lately at all? I haven't played in forever. Yeah. I played it. I haven't played in months, but I was playing at Hollywood Park there for a while. Yeah, I remember you were. There were a couple of good games there. I was crushing, yeah. but um, I don't know. I, I keep looking for like when I go to Vegas or something. I always look for like a little quick tournament style. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that's actually the last time I played was in Vegas at tournament, and I busted out on the bubble. It's very. Very bitter. Uh, bubbling's the worst. It, For those who don't know, bubbling is when you're about to make the money and there's one more person to get to get knocked out of the tournament and it's you. Yep, and it was me. And I remember looking around the field going, at least two of these people have no idea what they're doing. I should be able to survive this. There's, there's a certain amount of luck. Well, you remember my blow-up in the World Series. Yeah. <laughs> I... I I gave all my money. I turned the guy into the chip leader, and he was gone a half an hour later. I mean, this guy, this guy had no idea what he was doing. Well, that's unfair. 
he was not a good player. He was very much less experienced than me and everyone else at the table. Everyone else in the tournament, actually. There was only 55 people left. There were 4,100 entrants. Wow. So there was a lot of, you know, um, garage poker kings, you know, who sure. might be the best of their group. But that doesn't... Anyway. Um, and I, you know I've played... I tell people sometimes semi-professionally... I don't know if that's the right term. You've made more money than any of my other friends, so I'll right, give you that. Right. I've made a good amount of money playing poker certain times, but I, th- th- what I was about to say is like I was going to Hollywood Park, but um, it's just... And there are nice people there. There are nice people at every casino, but man, it's such a grind. Poker is that, though. I mean, that's not just there. No, that's my point. Yeah. And, and, but it's not it's not just the poker it's I, it's the people and I think that's why I don't like cash games anymore it's so grindy yeah um yeah it's I it, love playing with friends don't get me wrong yeah 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 but it's a totally different, different thing than, yeah. than going and grinding in a well casino. and you know I play like I'm the I'm a fun player to play with when in, sure. a, in a home game because <laughs> I go bananas actually somebody was telling me years ago like the best thing you can do for a small game is to get a big player in it. And that sounds so egotistical. I didn't mean it that way. But, like, if I'm playing smaller than I'm used to playing, yeah. so the swings $100 yeah. or $500 yeah, yeah. is where that way doesn't bother me. Right. Then, you know. Um, it's all math, though. It doesn't matter which level it's at. No, it's the same game. Yep. As a matter of fact, a, 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 a smaller game with less experienced people is often um, a good amount harder. Unless you can figure out real quick that they're that they don't know what they're doing, right? Um, because if they don't know what they're doing, they're so unpredictable. And just like you said, poker's about math. It's also about using math statistically, yeah, and predictively. So you have to understand like this is the best play all of the time, and three out of ten times it's not going to work. Or, yeah, no, or, I mean, there's there's so many plays, I'm sure you feel the same way, there's so many plays where you're like, you lost, but you knew that you did exactly the right thing, and there's nothing else you can do about it. When I got busted out on the bubble, yeah, I had like one and a half times big blind, and I had an ace and a rag. Statistically, I have to shove there. Yeah, of course. Because statistically, I'm not going to survive another... Okay, you want some criticism? Sure, I was in the big. Criticism. I was in the big blind, by the way. Okay. Uh, constructive criticism. Uh-huh. If you only had one and a half big blinds left, uh-huh. you should have gone all in quite a bit before that. I agree. However, there was a lot of rags, and I, like I was on the bubble, and I was like, somebody's going to go out, and there was just a lot. All of right. Backpacks. I mean, it is conceivable that you didn't have a better chance. No, I um, don't know. But most of the time, there's a part where. You know, you pick up, doesn't even matter, like king eight in the cutoff and everybody's folded to you. And you're like, well, I'm going to go for it because I only have three people to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and also bear in mind, this was a fairly fast tournament where the blinds moved up quickly. Yeah, that's true. That, so that can happen. A lot of people get wiped where, out that way. Where yeah. you were like, you were like doing okay. And then literally like two orbits around, you're like dead. Right, because the blinds are huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they're designed that way to end sure. fast. They 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 want them out. Sure, I get it. <laughs> they want the money. And I actually get the hell like out of the I like those though in a way. I mean, they're more random. They're, they're like turbos. Yeah, well, they're they're more random in the fact that they're a little bit more luck based. Yeah, but um, 
I don't get bored with them, so I kind of like them. Well, you're forced to be more involved. Right. Yeah, that is a thing like at the World Series if you, you either have one hour or two hour levels. And like when I first went there, it was so weird because I played so wrong mm. because LA tournaments are 20 to 30 minute levels. Right. And it's such a big difference. I mean, 20 minute levels, sometimes you get like, you might play, you might not play any hands. Right. Or at least just maybe one. Right? Maybe one. Yeah, yeah. You might raise, get called with the flop, check, get bet at and fold, you know, <laughs> like, um, and then you're moving up a level. Right. Like, it, so this, those turbo things, it's so, every hand is so much more important. Yep. Um, but anyway, that's cool. I, we enjoy it. It's too bad we don't get together and do it more. We should do it. I'm not working right now. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, I don't think should. Eric's working right now. Just saying. Eric. Good point. We got three. <laughs> Eric, I'll call you. What about Paul? How many kids does he have now? I don't even know. I think he's got still just the two. Okay. He might have more. All right. Well, he's probably out. <laughs> we know we want that other guy. We know the one. Yes. Kind of, but kind of not. But anyway. Oh, I want him. I know you don't. <laughs> nah, I don't care. I don't care. Um. Anyway, um, should we do a poker? Should we just do a poker podcast? Poker podcast where we talk about film and throw chips. <laughs> we talk about film. That's funny. No, there are a lot of poker podcasts actually. I'm sure there are. So boring. Do you, are you aware of Doug Polk? No, he's kind of interesting. He's on YouTube. He's pretty good. He's an entertaining guy, but um. There's only so many things you can talk about in the world of poker. <laughs> and for half the audience, they have no idea what you're saying, so they're bored to tears. And the other half have heard it all before, so they're bored to tears. <laughs> you know, they only kind of work for like a player who's a beginner or just coming out of beginner player and wants to learn more. That's right. when it's good to have a book or a podcast or something to read or listen to. True. To yeah. learn which that's when you did you did a lot of poker reading did you know oh yeah did you read super system and yep super system and uh trying to remember all the books there was phil uh phil 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 what was phil's last name phil ivy no the uh there's a couple more phil's he wrote one called the little green book or something like that oh yeah um phil the uh the blonde hair Jeez, the kind of what knack, nutty crack. You're going to talk about Phil Locke, are you? No, I was thinking Phil Locke. No, it's not him. Anyhow. Um, Helmuth? Phil Helmuth. No. Well, those are the Phil's. <laughs> That's all of them. Those are the big Phil's. Well, Ivy and Helmuth are the big Phil's. Helmuth then... did write a book, though, didn't he? Oh, yeah. I'm sure, it, I'm sure the word I was in it a <laughs> lot. He talked about himself, I'm sure. Yeah. This is the most arrogant... He's supposedly a real nice guy, but his per, his public persona is He's not the most arrogant, but he's up there. Super arrogant. Yeah. Like um I never met him. I met pretty much all of not all. A lot of the big players. Right. But not him. Anyway. Um we probably should end this. You're like picking your phone up to no, text your wife. Uh, no, I was going to show you a picture. Oh, okay. If I still have it. Oh, cool. There we, you go. You know, I probably sent that to you before. Oh, with Antonio. That's funny. And Phil Locke. Oh, there's Phil too. I met them at a bar once. Yeah. But then I also... Um, that's cool. When is that from? 
That was from a movie in... We'll get back to film somehow. Um, that was a movie in uh, Michigan uh, with Bruce Willis and... Uh, boy, I'm terrible with names today. What were they doing there? So I think the producer wanted to do a poker scene and he knew these two guys. Okay. So he's like, hey, come be in the movie. So they probably thought it was the most thrilling thing they'd ever done. Uh-huh. They'd never seen a steady cam before, probably. Probably not. Or not up close, anyway. Yeah, so it was fun. That's cool. They're nice people. As a matter of fact, my uh, a friend of mine, that's her, like, that's her cousin. Which I don't one, know Antonio what, or Phil? Antonio. Okay. I don't know what, I don't know if it's second, third, or something. Um, I think she's from a fairly big family, but she barely knows him. <laughs> Oh yeah, well, they're not like they're not like yeah. close. I got it's kind of funny. They both live in L.A. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just kind of funny. He owns um. He's in a couple of businesses, but he owned like a tanning place on Sunset at one point. Um, which I don't know. Seems weird business to me, but you see him all over the place. They must be making money. I would. I just saw one of the weirder things I've ever seen. I was in the middle of where was it? Ketchikan, Alaska, just last week or two weeks ago. What were you doing in Alaska? Uh, we were uh, family vacation. Did you fly up there? Uh, no. Uh, no. Oh. And uh, there was walking down Ketchikan, and there's like a tanning salon. <laughs> and I'm like, that's weird. And then I thought, hey, if it's dark for three months, maybe that place is the most popular You're place in town. Tan. <laughs> yeah. Or just getting some sunlight on your body might be. Right. Some it, of those UV It actually rays. might be really good for you because you, you. Oh, you, for sure. You know you need light on you anyways at some point, right? No, so. that's why they have those. Because um, fluorescence will like really bum people out. They yeah. have different colored lights to for like mood lights. Right. But yeah, if you don't get enough vitamin D, which is the sun gives you, right, um, you can get very depressed. I think. Sure. So uh, I thought it was interesting because I was like, it's like maybe this is the most popular place in town, like that in the bar. <laughs> I think the bars probably got it. Oh yeah, bars. I've always heard got. about Alaska. The, bar, the bars are pretty popular. Where is Ketchikan? Uh, it's on the. Take into account, I've never been to Alaska. It's uh, the southeast part of uh, Alaska. Okay. Um, so the weather was probably brilliant, huh? It was actually really gorgeous. It's actually a rainforest there. Um, it's what they call, I think, a temperate rainforest. Really, meaning. Uh, that during the summer months it becomes very rainy and then the summer or in the winter months it's like frozen over frozen over but snowy right and it it gets rain like an insane amount of rain there huh like 200 plus inches a year something insane like that wow it's actually an actual rainforest it's right like all the same characteristics as far as like the moss and the grass but but i mean yeah it's it's classified classified as a rainforest because of that's what i'm saying because of all the same stuff right Oh, that's interesting. Um, so what else is down there? Is there a big city southeast? So yeah, Juneau's kind of in that neck of the woods. Oh, I was is... thinking I was thinking southwest. Yeah, I knew I knew Juneau was kind of down there. Uh, well, I guess southwest. It's oh, it all, is it's, southwest? It's, 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 south, it's, all, it's all southwest, I guess. Well, then maybe I'm crazy. Cause, well, it, it, you know, it turns to that like little tail in Alaska. I don't know if you... Yeah, 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 yeah. That's where all that is, is in that little tail area. Juneau's down there. Ketchikan's oh, it down. is? Oh, so I, I didn't know... Skagway. I was totally wrong. Oh, Skagway, of course. Everybody knows Skagway. <laughs> That's a funny name. Where is... um? Oh, my God. I'm blanking on the capital of Alaska. Juneau. 
Oh, sorry. I'm blanking on the other big city in Alaska. Anchorage. Anchorage. Where's Anchorage? Anchorage is on the south side, so up in the main... Everything's on the south, though, right? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I mean, there there's one other big town. I'm trying to remember the name of it. It's kind of in the middle of it, but there's not a lot that happens right. up towards the middle because this becomes like almost like... It's unbearable. Well, unbearable, yeah. right? It's yeah. like the Arctic Circle up there. It's literally the Arctic Circle. Yeah. There, yeah. Um, that's cool. Did you did you enjoy it? Had a blast. It was uh, gorgeous. Yeah. Good time of year to What'd go. What'd you do? We visited you know, like some glaciers. River or something? Or, yeah. Oh, glacier? Cool. There's tons of glaciers. I'll, I should have brought pictures. Um, but you do you have them on your phone? No. I, 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 used, I used a real camera. <laughs> I just have a film camera. No, I mean, well, a Nikon, but not a film camera. So fake, fake real camera. F- fake real camera. <laughs> Got it. Got it. Um, uh, that's how you can take nine hundred pictures. So, <laughs> fair enough. Um, no, we, uh, yeah, just sorry, you went to glaciers and saw glaciers, saw like fishing, saw or? bear, saw salmon, saw. Did you see a bear like kind of in the wild? Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Uh, brown or grizzly? Brown. Okay. Good. No, I mean, sorry, black, black bear, which, black. Is, yeah, which yeah, is the yeah. kind that you do want to see, or at least won't mess with you usually. Yeah, brown or grizzly, you um, you're you in a back away quick. You're in trouble. Well, they say if you're near a black bear, you get big and you act, you make a lot of noise and you act scary. Right. If with a with a grizzly, you lay down on the ground and pretend like you're dead mm-hmm. for practice for what you're about to be for the rest of you, because <laughs> it's gonna kill you. And although there are instances of that working oh no you, you actually even with grizzlies you're supposed to be threatening and big oh with grizzlies you are yes see see don't be giving out misinformation <laughs> i was starting to believe you with the laying down thing it's a practice being dead no there was a whole thing that it used to be like be still and try not to breathe heavy and no no actually when you go through the woods here's the the, the, the no i know this one you're supposed to make a little bit of noise Left. so that you don't you don't startle them s- surprise anybody yeah or any uh, so that they because usually what happens is they're being territorial or protecting their their young right and if they see you coming from a long way they're then just gonna you move can, away or make some noise and tell you to get the fuck out of there yeah either way right. usually they uh, they because I, I think you don't want to be 10 feet from them when they realize you're there right no. right no they're just gonna come take your head off yeah even a black bear Yes, even a black bear could attack you if you if you don't if it's startled. If it has babies there, sure. If it has cubs, yeah. Or startled yeah. and feels like it's being cornered, yeah. Yeah. All right. Saw talk. more bald eagles than I've ever seen in my life. I mean, I must have seen a hundred or more bald eagles. It was an insane. Cool. insane. There are a lot up there. I knew that. Yeah. Are they endangered anymore? I don't think they are. I don't think they are either. You don't see a lot of them in the mainland, but, uh, I mean, you, yeah. they're, they're definitely here. I've oh, seen, yeah, yeah, I've yeah. seen them in Oregon. Oh, yeah, they're around. They're around. I remember there was a place, I remember seeing a story on it, where they were a real nuisance. They're, I think they're kind of a nuisance in Alaska, to be honest. Are they? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not kidding. They're like pigeons up there. Like, yeah. Like, like there's an insane amount of them, and they're... I didn't know this till this trip because you know we did a lot of these little tours. They're actually uh, scavengers, right? Um, so they can become a nuisance in that way. Yeah, I imagine it wouldn't be good if they come down and take your lunch. <laughs> um, be a good story to tell later. That's true. Um, yeah, and you can't. 
kill one. No. So can't. Right. I don't think you can own one or kill them or do capture them in any way. Uh, are there even any in captivity? Only, I would guess there are, like in zoos. But yes, like uh, specifically, I think they only keep them if they are like damaged in some way that they can't live. Okay. Then then that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Then those places will take them in and and rehab them and maybe care for them because they can't fly or mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Right. Okay. All right, we are, we are um, so far from film. I know, <laughs> which is okay. I just like talking Ooh. to you anyway. And you know, I wanted to have you back because the first episode, you're the first episode, and it's an hour long, and um, and uh, that wasn't enough. We could never have talked about catch a can and. Uh, and bald eagles and running out of gas in your airplane exactly we couldn't have had any of this conversation <laughs> we've strayed so far i like it i like it but we can end it all right now you've officially now you've had more time than anybody are you kidding well let me so look at you this you can edit that down then we're like an hour 40 you had an hour before you're 240 i think harhoff is pretty close to that so you're oh. up you're up there wow you're you're up there i was hoping to bore the crap out of people so today's my lucky day yeah, I, I think you've done it. I, I mean, I'm yawning. So, <laughs> anyway, thanks again, man, and uh, glad to have you back on. Thanks for having me. Thanks again to Josh for coming in. I really enjoyed our conversation. I hope you enjoyed listening. Um, if you want to hear more, if you want to hear his best day, worst day, go to Patreon.com/slash Walking Backwards and sign up, and you can check that out. Thank you to Tiffin Steadicam and Walter Clausen FX for their sponsorship and support. And thank you for listening. I'll see you next time.